You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Whitman. I'm with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. Dan, I'm going to start with you. How is your dad's birthday going? It's going pretty well. We had a frittata for breakfast. It was a good frittata. My mom did made you cook? it. So, oh, your mom did. Okay. Oh, I cannot cook. No. No. One time, one time, I tried to cook chicken, and I ate a full chicken breast. And I made two and I ate a full chicken breast. And then while I was in the second one, I realized that it was completely raw on the inside. That is such a sec. No, I was fine. That's such a fear of mine. Like I just, I always like end up overcooking chicken because I'm so scared of eating like pink chicken. Emily, are you good at cooking? Um, I'm not the best. Jordy is better cooked than I am, but this week I made soup and he told me it was good. So I was really proud. Uh, Cream of chicken and wild rice soup. Yum. Yeah, he told me it was good. So I was proud of myself. Um, Well, it was a pretty terrible week for the world and also the Sixers. Uh, It was just sort of a nightmare from beginning to end. We're here to talk about it. The Sixers had four games. Um, they played Charlotte, Washington, Brooklyn, and then somehow they played Denver. Um, let's start at the beginning of the week. The, the first thing, I don't even know, if, do you guys have anything on the Charlotte second game? Uh, the Sixers beat Charlotte. They're better than Charlotte, and I don't remember much of that. Seth Curry had a great week until he didn't, uh, but do you guys have anything from that, from that Charlotte game at all? No. I was watching The Bachelor. Feels- so long ago too doesn't it like it feels like way longer than six days ago so much has happened and i'm like that was like by crit like they played charlotte at christmas like it was so (laughs) long ago yeah i agree um i don't remember much of that the middle ball looks good and i don't um he looks uh he looks like he's gonna be good but that's about it um then the sixers played washington and speaking of washington obviously this is well known, but there was a coup against the United States government. <laughs> a bunch of uh, just to recap the week, a bunch of uh, the president supporters stormed the Capitol building, and uh, at that time the Sixers were getting ready to play the Washington Wizards. Uh, so that was bad. What I wanted How to were talk those about, on the same day. Those those were on the same day, and at one point I was like, "Wait, are they in D.C.? Like is yeah, is like Embiid and the team in D.C.? But no, they're playing in Philadelphia." Um, it was pretty surreal. It looked like a disaster movie, just like looking at it on TV or on, on social media. For me, the only 
Sixers adjacent thing with this was it was cool to have Doc Rivers as the coach during this because Doc is a very well-spoken guy and very well-respected as it comes to social issues. And um, Doc, you know, I'm sure people have all heard Doc's quotes by now, but uh, he spoke about it and, and about sort of the hypocrisy in it. And um, yeah, so also, you know, did you guys have anything from the Doc angle of that sort of everything happening right before the game? Um, Emily, what do you got? Um, I only thought it was interesting. And I don't know if the, anyone came out and said why. I know Doc said, like, he kind of told the guy, like, you don't need to have, like, do something about this. But if you want to, you should, I think was, like, kind of the gist of his 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 quotes but the Sixers didn't do anything like that I like the the heat they knelt and a lot of teams like sat down or like did a demonstration and the the Sixers and Wizards didn't um but I also don't know if that was because those other games tipped off later and it was a crazy day and everything was kind of I mean that's a lot to process and then make a decision to do something and then you know kind of get everyone on board I'm not like making excuses I'm just kind of wondering like why they didn't and I don't know if anyone's ever like said anything about it yeah um so this the quote that you referenced here I have this from Liberty Ballers Jackson Frank former uh guest on this podcast um uh, Doc says I told them before the game you don't have a responsibility to talk you don't have the responsibility to get involved in politics nor do you have the responsibility to get involved in this. But if you want to, you should. And the only thing I'll always tell my guys is don't become the story. Things happen in DC that shouldn't have happened. Let that be what we keep shining a light on, not something that we said that incited people to go after your words. Um, Dan, what did you think of, obviously, uh, I would imagine you're anti the big thing that happened in DC, but I want to speak for you. Um, and then what did you think of the uh, reaction <laughs> afterwards? Yeah, I appreciate you not speaking on me for that because um, <laughs> I was actually planning on taking the opposite side. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't really have any Sixers thoughts on it in particular. I mean, most of the athletes are, you know, fine talking about issues. I, I you know, I'm not someone who is – you know, I, I, you know, keep up with the news and stuff, but I'm not like, you know, any kind of, you know, have any good insight on anything um, in terms of anything like that. But I think that, um, you know, there are, there are some who are, who are much better than others and like have like a lot of like really original and unique things to say. And like Jalen Brown's one of those guys. Um, and people talk about him a lot. Um, uh, I, I think that, uh, that there is, the doc makes a good point and just that like, you know, you don't have to take every issue on yourself. It shouldn't mean that, you know, players have to speak on it and not every player did. And I'm like, you know, we should be fine with that. Like, Joel Embiid said he didn't, you know, really know what happened. He was asleep and like, that's fine. Like he's allowed to take a nap before the game. I'm sure he does it every game. He doesn't need to know, you know, in detail, everything that's happened other than generally what happened. And, and, you know, if other like Tobias has always spoken out, that's great. He should. And I think he's, um, you know, he's always had good things to say in the past and, 
And he should keep saying them if that's what he wants to do. But I think, you know, Doc makes a good point that, you know, players should be encouraged to say something if they want to, but they shouldn't like, you know, be pressured to talk about something that just is not an area of expertise for them. James Harden uh, doesn't have internet or TV, so he didn't know what happened, um, which is kind of awesome. And, you know, I saw people kind of knocking him for that. But again, like that's it's not on every single person to, to you know, you know, make everything, you know, their their big thing. So I, I, I think, you know, this, we've talked about this in the past. The Sixers have always been good on speaking on social stuff, but but, you know, not every player has to like feel the need to do that. And, you know, Doc made good points about that. I agree. Yeah, I think that uh, that's exactly, you know, sort of the right kind of outlook that I would want is like, they shouldn't feel obligated to have a statement about politics. Like, that's not why the microphone is in front of them. But I'm, I'm happy that they should and are encouraged to feel comfortable to voice their opinion if they want to. But um, so I, this is sort of a breaking thing. I saw a tweet notification. Joel Embiid tweeted four minutes ago, all caps, they hate the process. What do we think that means? Does we know what that know? means. I know what that means. What does it mean? He's absolutely pissed. They postponed Heat Celtics and made the Sixers play. With got seven it. Players. Got it. Got it. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I forgot you. the context there. Um, <laughs> I thought he was listening in on the uh, podcast. Uh, no, he has to wait like everyone else. Um, all right, so we'll Just get kidding. to- Just kidding, Joel can listen when everyone. That's <laughs> true. Um, we'll get to that. So uh, then uh, they played uh, the Washington Wizards that night and Bradley Beal, fresh off of a podcast where the three of us said we, I think Emily, you agreed with us, but we said we wouldn't trade Simmons for Beal. He's really not that kind of guy. He just fucking scored every point. He ended with 60. The Wizards just can't guard anything. I think Beal said a couple of days ago, we can't guard a park car. Uh, this was an excellent Joel Embiid game, like down the stretch. I think he ended with 39 or 40. I don't know. Uh, but it was a giant game. He had an eight-point run just by himself. And uh, and that's it was even a game where he started like one for six in the first uh, quarter and then really just, just held it down after that. So that was a great Joel game. Um, any other takeaways from that game? I don't remember if it was the game where Seth Curry was like six of six from three in the first half, but I, I don't remember. Dan, do you, do you remember much from that game? Yeah, I mean, my two big takeaways. One is that, you know, Ben did not guard Beal in that game. And I'm really not sure why. I mean, Doc explained that he liked that Ben was able to roam off of Westbrook. But like at a certain point, the guy has, you know, 57 points after the third quarter. Uh, maybe it's time to make a change. Like maybe we need an adjustment. Maybe we need to put our best defender on him. Um, I, 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 it makes no sense to me. Um, and then my other takeaway was just like imagining how many points Bradley Beal would have scored if he didn't have to play with Russell Westbrook. Like, oh my God, he would have had 75 points at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you about the the defensive assignment. Sort of like in a vacuum, I understand you want Ben to be like a ball hawk and he can play 10 feet off of Westbrook and like jump in passing lanes. But at the half, he had like 35 points. So I agree with you. I feel like that's when you probably have to make the decision. Doc might have just felt like we're totally fine. Why tax uh, Simmons anymore? I don't know. Emily, what about you? What did you think of uh, the Sixers beating Washington again? Um, yeah, everything you guys said, it was, it was a 
I mean, Ben didn't play defense on Bradley Beal, but it doesn't seem like anyone played much defense really at all. Like the score was crazy high. Yeah. Um. So they and the Sixers aren't really gonna like get their their notoriety from being an offensive team. So I think the game was kind of an outlier in that the shots were all going in where then we see these other games where the shots are not going in and we have to rely on our defense. So it was kind of like lucky that way that the shots did go in because the defense wasn't there to let the Wizards score 136. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, and and would either of you like to uh, revise your position on – the Simmons and Bradley Beal thing I did during that game. Um, <laughs> what, what about you guys? Emily, would you trade Ben for uh, – this is not a trade Ben podcast, but I do want to find out if this game in particular swayed you in any way. Um, I'm going to say no still. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Stand by your guns. Dan? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say no only because I don't think we um, – like, I think we would be better, but I still don't think we're, you know, the title favorite with Beal. Like, I think we would, we would be with Harden. And I think, you know, while Beal would probably make us better, he's like, I think you can save trading Ben until you're going to go get the guy who puts you over the edge. Like, that's that's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the whole point of, of going in on an older player when you trade the younger player. Like, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to trade for a player who, who, you know, might be better, but doesn't get you there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would, I would hold, that's the main reason I would hold on to Ben, but in, in terms of who's better now, who's who, even who gives the Sixers a better title chance at all, since I, I still don't really view them as, as serious contenders, it, it would be Beal, but I just think you can, you can turn Ben into more and that's why I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, then the next night they played, so they had a back-to-back where they went on and played Brooklyn um, the next night, I believe in Brooklyn. This is oh, where yeah, they, it all starts to unravel. This is where things really start going down the pipes. Um, Seth Curry was out for this game with a, I believe, an ankle thing. Uh, then uh, Kevin Durant didn't play in this game. And Kyrie Irving didn't play in this game in a sort of, like, uh, murky, nobody really knew. Like, Nash said that he had not heard back from Kyrie. And then and Joe Varden reported that, he heard from a source that Kyrie is okay, but he would not be playing and doesn't know. And as we record this, he, Kyrie isn't playing tonight and we don't know when he will. I hope he's okay. That's pretty much all I have on that. But it I was, think, didn't but, we, didn't they put our guy on the broadcast? Scoop B, he had the scoop on uh, Kyrie <laughs> said that yes. they put him on the TNT broadcast and said he just didn't want to play. Yes. Scoopy uh, who does not have any scoops. No, they just not real ones. TNT picked that right up. They were like, "I love it. Let's do it." And yeah, uh, so he doesn't uh, want. He didn't want to play. Shout out to Mr. B. Uh, That's a great scoop. Um, So this really felt like a bad game for the Sixers to play Embiid in, and and to some extent Simmons. Like the Nets are resting everybody. They're definitely going to lose the game. Like I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was I believe it was a playoff series against the magic and Dwight and Dwight had been like suspended for elbowing people in like the deciding game. And Gortat came in and just killed the Sixers and the Sixers lost. Like there is something that happens. I think when the other team's best players aren't playing where you kind of take it easy. And for me, it's like, I'd rather on the second night road back to back, like just give and be the night off. Uh, He played, they were terrible. 
um, just about the game before we get into the other stuff. Were you shocked by the by the Brooklyn loss, and uh, and how do you feel about Emily? I'm not shocked by the Brooklyn loss. The like you said, and the Sixers kind of have a tendency. I was hoping that they would stop doing this, but they have a tendency to like play down to opponents' levels sometimes. So like without Kyrie or Durant like pushing Embiid, I think sometimes he can like get a little more like lackadaisical on his. Play. I wasn't expecting Joe Harris to be the one that murdered Ooh, us, though. Killed us. With his, he looked like with his headband and is just looking like my neighbor down the street. <laughs> um, wasn't expecting that, but the the loss does not surprise me now. Yeah, Dan. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not definitely not surprised. It, it goes back to the Wizards game when they blew the big lead, had to play Embiid 37 minutes instead of resting him in the second half. Mm. And so, you know, guys come in, they have tired legs. I actually don't worry about Ben so much in that regard. I mean, Ben seems to be able to run all day. It's pretty impressive. Um, Embiid is, I'm going to have to compliment Ben now because people don't like it when I mean to Ben. But, you know, Embiid Embiid is a guy who has, you know, struggled in the same way before. He's been slow on back to backs. He's been slow on the road. This was, um, you know, this was a road game. It, um, you know, it was just kind of what we would expect. And, and I think, you know, Doc comes in and you obviously have, you know, almost like a honeymoon period where it's like, oh my God, he's not doing the same don't Brett Brown did, or at least not mm-hmm. all of it. But that also is like, you know, Brett Brown, I'm sure, you know, learned a lot about his players in his time here. And not that I would, you know, not that I'm saying he shouldn't have been fired. It wasn't time to move on. Not saying I'm not happy with the Doc hire, but we saw in the 2018 playoffs, was it 2018? Or 2019. It was the 2019 The 2018-19 season, the 2019 playoffs. I'm sorry, but in the Raptors series, right? You know, mm-hmm. he he played, you know, a ton that year. I think he led the league in minutes through the first third of the season. Oh yeah. Um, and was just exhausted. And he's playing a ton of minutes again. So it kind of feels like we're going down this same dumb path. And and like that Wizards game is a great example. Like he had to take over the end of a regular season game against a bad team. That shouldn't be happening. You know, I'd rather lose the game than watch him have to, you know, exert himself extra in, in those situations. I mean, in the moment, of course, I wouldn't. But, but I mean, logically looking at it, which is what, you know, the, the coach should be doing. I mean, Embiid is not going to last for the playoffs at this rate if they play him these minutes. And he saw it. He was slow. He was not, you know, the dominant Embiid he had been in the first, what was it? We had won seven games. So, and he, he that was his first loss. So, in his first seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, I don't think it's surprising, though, because we've seen this kind of thing before. And the Nets are not bad, even without – I mean, they were they didn't have Durant, and they mostly didn't have Irving last year. And they won a playoff game, which can't be said for the Sixers. No, they got swept. But they played they, – did they get swept? I know they, they made a few of them really close, which was surprising, because they didn't have yeah, Irving. They sure. kept Durant. I don't think they won a game, so I take that yeah. back. The Magic won a game. They beat the Bucks, and I think that's right. where I got confused. But, you know, they, they – they kept it fairly close with without either of their stars. They still got the seventh seed with Durant not playing and Irving missing a ton of time. So I don't think it's all that surprising. I mean, Dinwiddie just got hurt, and that's a bummer. And he was a big piece of that success last year. But they still have a lot of solid players, and like, you know, it's a, it's a it's a problem for the Sixers. It, it's not like I'm panicked about it. I mean, I kind of expected it with the with the back to back, but you know, they can't sustain Embiid on these minutes. And um, they they still haven't played anyone particularly tough, and they. They, they started off with 
you know, a bunch of fantastic shooting nights. And, and obviously I'm excited about that. And, and, you know, they've, they've looked better than I expected, but they have to keep in mind that there's a whole season ahead of them. They're going to be playing better teams. They're going to not make all their shots. And, and they, I feel like, you know, playing and beat all those minutes against the wizards is going to be something we, you know, could easily look back on if, you know, things, you know, go wrong, like it will for 29 teams at the end of the season. And we'll say, I mean, this is a game where like, you know, this is not a sustainable pattern for the team's best player who has a history of lower body injuries and weighs a ton. I think that, uh, Emily, do you have something? Yeah, but you can go. Okay. I think that Doc and Joel probably have to figure out a happy medium because like as much as I or you might want him to never play a back-to-back and never play 35 minutes in the regular season, I think that Embiid's stature in the league matters to him. And he, you know, he knows that he's, he was like the leader on the MVP boards. Like he's not immune to that kind of thing. And that's a goal that he's had for a long time. And, uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to baby him in that sense. And I, I don't think that they should, but they do have to come to a realization that a guy this size with his medical history, there has to be some sort of different rule for him than there is for somebody, even like Simmons, who's had some injuries, but Simmons is like a freak athlete and, um, in a different way than Embiid is. So I think that, yeah, his minutes should, should stay closer to 30 and he should definitely sit some, some back-to-backs, especially on the road. I just think that they need to figure that out together because you don't want uh, there to be a discord there because the player wants to play and he wants to be in that conversation about the best guys. And it's also better for your team whenever he's on the court, even in a bad game, because he's that good. So I totally agree that they need to get it to a more defined and better place than it's at now. What do you got? Emily? Yeah. I was going to say a lot along the same lines, like per the wizards game, like we don't love Joe playing 37 minutes, but like if doc had not put Joe back in that game with it close, like he would have been pissed. Like he would have, been so yeah. mad to think that they were just letting this game go and sitting him minutes. Like, I think the better answer would be to have just sat him at Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but he also, I mean, going into that, did they, I think the Durant and Kyrie news came out kind of late. So like Dur- Joe would want to go up against those guys. Maybe if they had announced earlier that they weren't playing, that that would have been an easier discussion for him. I just think that he wants to go up against the best. And that was probably part of it. But in terms of like minutes per game in a close game and he's up high in minutes, like he's just not the kind of guy that that is going to just sit down for the sake of his body and like let his team go. I think he's, you know, a team guy, but yeah, like you said, you have to talk and figure it out. It's it's why it's why the idea of like, you know, well, if you have him on a back to back, just play him, you know, a little less each night is something I don't think that will really work with, you know, a guy like Joel, like you're saying, like. You know, like you said, just sit him against Brooklyn. I think that's fair. But, you know, against Washington, he's not going to want to not play. So you either tell him ahead of time, you're not playing, but you don't put the guy in and say, go help us win this game. And then when it really comes down to it, you know, you save him for the last four minutes and you don't play him the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter. And you, you know, in a game where he's really playing hard and wants to win, you let him sit on the bench and watch the lead, you know, get out of hand or, you know, watch the Sixers blow a big lead. When he knows he knows that wouldn't happen if you were in, he wants to play. I think you you know it's either you're playing this game or you're not playing this game. And if you're playing this game, you can be all in. Still, right. you know, would not play him 37 minutes. I would still try to keep it closer to 30. But the the mm-hmm. idea of doing like you know 24 and 24 or something on two nights, like I just don't think that's realistic. I don't no. think that I, agree. I don't think that's yeah. I not just Embiid. I think that's a hard ask of anyone to be like yeah. 
you're the star. You, we need you to, you know, carry us to win this game. Oh, but like you have like, you have 20 minutes to do it. Like, yeah, that people are not going to like that. Well, we've seen him get so mad when he had those like hard minute limits and they took him out and he was like throwing stuff. Like he was so mad. So like, (laughs) he doesn't like minutes limits. We know this about him. Which is how we would want him to, you know, he's a guy who's dying to win and and knows that he's capable of delivering wins. Um, My problem with Joel last year, whenever I did have a problem with him and acknowledging that he is like 30th, on the list of things wrong with last year's team was that he was sort of coasting through, especially some road games. Mm-hmm. He, would, he was playing in too many games, but he was just not bouncy at all. And he was like a half second slow and sort of load managing in the game. So that I, I also think is like a recipe for getting yourself hurt if you're not yeah. like just out there playing. So I agree. I think less games uh, and I mean, also less minutes by like a tick, but um, I, yeah, I would like to, you know, in the middle of the heat of the battle, like Doc is going to do what it takes to win and Joel will be aligned on that. But I think the team will have to get with Joel and be like, the number of games that we'd like you to play out of 72 is this. And these are the back-to-backs we're looking at right now. So like figure that shit out ahead of time, I think. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them this count. week. Yeah. This week, unbelievable. This is a tease for later, but un- I couldn't stop writing down games. So many games. <laughs> we have so many um, players right now. It's really good. It's good. It's so yeah, seven players. seven players for five games in seven days. So <laughs> speaking of that, late this night, late on uh, Thursday night, it comes out that Seth Curry has positive has tested positive for COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen, of course, is a virus. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so then, what happens is. Uh, it turns out that Seth obviously didn't play against Brooklyn. He was out with an ankle injury, but he was sitting on the bench with the team and they got results back during the game, pulled Seth out and took him to a quarantined room. So then for all of Friday, the Sixers are staying quarantined in New York. I live in New York. I wanted to go say hi, but I did not. So Nobody really knows what's going to happen and nobody knows how it's spread. And for me, like my vantage point is like, how are we testing and having results come back during games when it's too late? Like I totally get like what they're dealing with and, and it's difficult to, to figure this all out, but like you can't be getting results back during the game because then the results are sort of moot. Like in this case, when Curry is sharing a locker room and sharing a bench and, and, he, you know, would have been playing in that game if it wasn't for his ankle thing. Um, so this is Friday, and uh, the Sixers are staying in New York. Nobody knows what to do. They're testing more. And then they're starting to interject whenever, but, like, they're starting to identify who is a close contact. I don't understand. And the way they do this is ridiculous. Right. I don't understand how some people on the Philadelphia 76ers are close contacts with Seth Curry, who is on the Sixers, but other people are not. It. I don't understand how that works out. Well, and they're doing it between teams too. So, right. So like, I forget, I think it was Tatum and Beal. Was that the example? Mm-hmm. Where it's like guys who like shake hands after the game, right. You know, they're close contacts, right. They shook hands after the game. Sure. Makes sense. The guys who are guarding each other the entire game. Nope. That doesn't count. It's only, right. you know, when the, when the, between the lines doesn't count, apparently I don't, right understand like it seems what, arbitrary the way that it, they it is it ha- i mean it just is 
And and if they defined it in a way that made any sense, they wouldn't be able to play any games right now because the entire I mean, everyone who's played the Wizards at this point seems to be getting sick. And I mean, it's just nonsense that they're, you know, forcing these games to be, be played. I can't, you know, I can't figure out what they're even actually doing to try to, you know, stop the, the, the spread of, of the virus within these teams and between teams. Like, you know, the, you guys have to wear masks on the bench at the start of the half until they play, and then they don't have to wear them. The coaches have to wear them, but the players don't wear them. The players shake hands after the game. The players card each other the whole game. And somehow players on the same team who share, you know, like buses, planes, whatever, are not close contact with each other when they spend, you know, you know, say they take a two-hour flight together and they're all in, this, in the same confined small space. I guess planes are a bad example because they say, like, the air circulates some kind of way, but they're sharing locker rooms. Right. Like, there, there's every instance where these guys are clearly – close contacts with each other that like you pointed out the timing of tests coming back during games like did they put any effort into having this run smoothly because it's it couldn't be less surprising that like the well-planned bubble i was surprised it worked but it worked because it was well-planned right and now this which is like seemingly like sub nfl level of caring about what happens because at least the nfl is outdoors like and the nba uh, do they have are they having fans at some stadiums at this point some yeah yeah, yeah. that's what that's what i thought they had so them in orlando have, so and i think they say that the virus goes like downward which is why they said like it's better to be tall indoors was something i heard so now you have the fans who are all above the players breathing into and sure they have masks on but you know that's not strictly enforced it just right. seems like this was not thought out whatsoever so on one hand i Understand that everybody in the NBA, players, coaches, front office, the commissioner, they have accepted some risk in taking part in this season while COVID exists and before a vaccine is like readily available to people everywhere. Um, I get it. Like, like positive tests are going to happen. That is part of living and working, going to work uh, today in, in 2021, where we are right now. What I don't get is that the league released the first half schedule by itself for the express purpose of like dealing with postponements and other games having to get sort of punted into this middle ground area after the first half of the season um, or, or, or making it less games at the end of the year for certain teams that just aren't able to get it together. So how this relates to the Sixers is it's Saturday. They're supposed to play Denver at three. They all take these like separate Ubers into Philadelphia from New York. And they're there and it starts trickling out who is not allowed to play in this game. And there's a bunch of players who, who were deemed close contacts and are still going through contact tracing, which included like shake and Matisse. And um, I wish I had it in front of me, but a bunch of guys, uh, but it, it said that I think, there were, I think there were nine Sixers who were available. Yes. Poirier. Uh, uh, there were nine Sixers who were available, including Simmons and Embiid for the game and the game is going to happen at three o'clock. Seems ridiculous to me that like half the team, it's not sure like if they're allowed because they might have it or they might trace it or whatever. Like they did all test negative that day, but as like Sohil, one of our colleagues at LB would tell you, like just because you test negative that day doesn't mean you haven't already contracted it, whatever. Um, Soon after that, they say these guys can play games on, have fun, NBA TV. Uh, soon after that, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons basically 
um, have, uh, what's the word? They've decided that they don't want to play in this game and they think that it's uh, obviously overly risky. I am, I am uh, extrapolating a bit, but this is. They have developed back tightness and knee soreness. That is, those are real injuries that happened. Yes. So, so this is what happened. Like first Shams tweeted out like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons will not play today due to injury. Injury. I have sustained injury. That's it. My back is tight. Right. So uh, then like 15 minutes later, after, after they figured out what to call these injuries, uh, they say, yeah, it's, uh, Embiid has back tightness. Simmons has knee soreness. This is, uh, it is like, uh, uh, they were nowhere on any injury report before this at all, nowhere whatsoever. Um, and it seems very clear that they are using their place with the team. You know, some guys probably don't have the sway to be like, I'm not playing, say it's an injury. You know, I don't think that, uh, that white guy, Dakota something can just say, can just say that like, nah, I'm not doing it. I don't like it. So I do understand that it's a privilege for them given where they are in the, uh, in the, I would do it. But I'm so happy, me too. And I did do mm-hmm. it. I didn't play in that game. Um, <laughs> but I was very, I was sort of proud of them for saying like, this is shitty. And like, why are they making us do it? So they say nine Sixers can play. And the number to play the game is eight. So that puts us at seven. And then the Sixers have to activate Mike Scott, who has an actual injury and cannot play. <laughs> I just want to go through the timeline because this is insane. Like, the Sixers have seven guys who the league said are not close contact enough and who are not injured in real life. And Doc says, okay, I'm not playing Mike Scott because he's hurt. Like, I'm not just going to throw him out there. So I guess I don't understand how it's dangerous. the league says that they hit the number eight when they didn't have eight like well, like uh, able-bodied players. Anyway, we'll get into the actual game, which was uh, like a hearkening back to the process days, if you can forget the sort of surrounding shittiness. Um, Emily, what's your takeaway on that sort of timeline? Um, yeah, I have a lot. Because this is just crazy. It's crazy. Um, so first thing is like really throwing it back to the Brooklyn game. Do we think that the players knew that like Seth left the bench because he had COVID and like this is in the back of their head while they're playing this game I don't think so I don't know like why would that be told to I guess it's like I mean he was on the bench and then he wasn't like no one asked like hey where'd he go and they knew he wasn't playing already so I doubt anyone is even thinking that much about him like I just I just can't imagine they told them mid game because there was no no one seemed to be freaking out. Like and they should have just never, stopped the. They should have stopped the game. But like, agree. And then it was never mentioned. You know, it seems like if the whole team knew about it, something might have leaked out yeah. in the post game because nobody found out until like midnight. I don't think when uh, I think either Shams or Woj had it. So I I would think that they didn't know, but I I have no idea. Yeah, and then in regards to the testing, so there was an article on athletic i think it was bodner and it had like a really full detailed like outline of like the past four days and i guess what they do is they get tested twice on game days they get rapid tests which are not as like uh, accurate right and those those all came back negative and they also get pcr tests which are like better and that's what came back positive for seth curry 15 minutes into the game 
I don't understand why we can't just wait to start the games after all the PCR tests are back. Like I can assure you that Charles Barkley and Shaq could talk for 15 extra minutes. Like yeah. they would be fine with it. You can push right. the start to seven, eight o'clock. They'd be fine. Right. They'd live. Like it would be safer for everyone. Also, it wasn't that, that far into the game, like to your point. Like it was like, wasn't it like only a couple minutes of game time in? Yeah. So just first quarter. Yeah. Like these are unprecedented times. Like the channels that for the most part they're playing these games on, there's nothing like important scheduled after it's like after it's like a sports center or like an episode of CSI Miami or your local news. Like it's fine. Those can start at eleven forty seven. It's fine. Um so that is just crazy. And then in regards to the Mike Scott thing and the players and yeah, just to be like you just have to imagine that the Sixers got a ton of pressure from the league to like have this game. And, you know, they were like, you I guess you have to dress Mike Scott. Like he has a probably, you know, he's hurt. You said you're not right. playing him, which is bad for all your other players that you're only going to have a seven man rotation, but they made him do it. And then the next day, the Celtics, and I guess we kind of talked about it earlier, the Celtics are just like, Oh, well, we don't have enough players. They don't have to, there's people on their team that are out for non COVID related reasons. Like, Kemba, like, let's put Kemba in, in a jersey. He won't play, but right. you have eight people. So it's just, like, it's not fair. I mean, it's one loss. It's whatever we got, and we can talk about the game, and we got to see all the young guys play, and that was fun. But it's not, it's not fair. Yeah, so the other thing I didn't mention is that uh, in his comments before the game, Doc Rivers straight up said, like, I don't think we should be playing. So yeah. um, uh, clearly this decision was above their heads, and it was a league decision, and I don't know how much of that uh, it includes that it was a national game. Um, I have no idea, but uh, it's just like, again, and Dan, I want to I hear what you think about it. But like, for me, it's like, I understand playing, like doing basketball games during COVID, you're going to have positive tests, but like you need to have some airtight testing and contact tracing so that you're not spreading it knowingly, you know? And also don't find a loophole so that this game can happen when there aren't even eight players who can play in the game. So that, that to me is like really shitty. And I think what the, what the team was especially mad about. Dan, what do you think? Yeah. It almost feels like they're like trying to get payback because they're mad at Embiid and Simmons, the league, that Embiid and Simmons aren't going to play their national TV game. Durant and Irving already aren't playing. So it's like, they're saying, screw you guys. You're going to play the game anyway, even though you're not at the eight, figure out a way you're going to forfeit. So great. Now the Sixers have to play seven guys because they don't have an eighth truly active player, which is what the cutoff's supposed to be. And part of the, like, there was only, it only takes five players to play the game, right? You could play five players, 48 minutes. And mm -hmm. the reason that the cutoff is not five players for when the game needs to be postponed is that it's not safe to play five players, 48 minutes. Guys are at a higher risk of injury. And clearly that was in their minds when the cutoff was eight. Seven mm -hmm. players are going to have to play too many minutes for the game to be played, for the game to be played with only seven players in a 48-minute game. And the Sixers ended up having to do that. And it wasn't with their, you know, star players. Like, I, I mean, I would be extremely furious if Embiid had to play, you know, 40-some minutes to, to have the game happen. I think even but, Doc said, like, I wouldn't play those guys heavy minutes anyway. Like, if there's no yeah. depth, he's not just going to – which was, of course, my biggest fear. Like, this can't be – you know, if Joel is one of the nine that's that's activated, like, he can't play 40 minutes because 
nobody everybody else has COVID. Like lose the <laughs> right. game. I don't care. It's not yeah. it's it's not safe. And especially for him because he's you know he's been hurt a lot. But but and I know it's you know it's probably less risky. I don't know the specific injury histories of Paul Reed or Dakota Mathias or Isaiah Joe or Tyrese Maxey, but they're younger and they're you know they're slimmer than Joel and but it's it's still I don't want them playing, you know, having to play all those minutes. And I don't want them in a, in a situation where, you know, if, if, you know, Doc knows his guys and, and, you know, we saw this with Ben in the playoffs, you know, a couple of years ago when it was like, Brett Brown knew, you know, ben, ben can play the whole game, you know, Ben can play, you know, all but a few minutes. He's one of those guys. And if he's one of those guys, he's one of those guys. I trusted Brett to know that he was one of those guys. Ben didn't look tired. He looked great the whole time. Well, he didn't look great, but he looked, you know, he looks not tired. He didn't play, he didn't play particularly great in those playoffs. Yeah. But he, he was, you know, energetic the whole time. He didn't look like he was, you know, going to like pass out or something or, you know, going to get yeah. hurt any minute being awkward. But but I don't know about the other guys. And, and no team should be forced to put a guy who's not like that in that position, especially, yeah. you know, these younger guys haven't played all these minutes. They haven't, you know, they, first of all, the college games are shorter. They haven't been playing pro games. They they just, you know, I think Joe and Matthias got their first non-garbage time minutes in the previous game. In the in the Brooklyn game, and then in the Nuggets game, all of a sudden they're starting with only seven players. So, I mean, what are like what are what are you even doing? Like the, the league doing that shows uh, it almost feels like you know they're very desperate to not have to postpone the season. But it like it begs a question like what needs to happen? And I, I'm not the first person to bring this point up. I don't. I've seen plenty of people bring this up. Like what has to happen for the league to pause the season? Because first they pause the season when Gobert got sick. Right. That was. <laughs> very first thing Gobert test positive that was like one of the the, the big dominoes to fall in society really was yeah, yeah. Right. from the season right schools most schools Pitt being one of them which is um which is where I go I'm, I'm graduating there after this semester they they canceled all in-person classes for the rest of the semester that day but everything else was still kind of going on and it was weird i remember i was in a grocery store without a mask i wasn't thinking about it that was way before they even wanted you to wear masks but you know i was out i was seeing a couple friends like it was it was no one was telling you don't see people everything was kind of going along as normal and the nba you know when gobert tested positive literally two minutes later they suspended the season indefinitely that was like you know the first major domino then they had the bubble no one was sick so we didn't really have these questions. I think those questions came up before the bubble and there was a lot of skepticism, including for me that it was, it would work. I was wrong. It worked well. People mm-hmm. didn't test positive and that's great. I was, you know, glad to see that it worked. I was happy to be able to see basketball and I was happy to see that people were staying healthy, but now they're not in the bubble. Guys are testing positive and there is no clear guideline for when they'll stop playing or if they'll stop playing. Like, you know, what has to happen? Does someone have to, be hospitalized? Does it have to be a star who gets bad symptoms and is hospitalized? Or what if it was just a role player? Does someone have to die if it gets to that? Yeah. What, what, I mean, the, everyone knows that, you know, a lot of the coaches are older and that's where a lot of the worry's at. So say, you know, an, an older coach gets sick, an older coach is in the hospital, an older coach goes on a ventilator, an older, an older coach dies from COVID. Like right. these are, these are things that are happening to regular people every day. There's no reason to think that, I mean, we just set a record in, in deaths, I think. Um, I don't know how we've done the last few days, but I know a lot of people were pointing out that like on Wednesday, the day they stormed the Capitol, there was also, oh, by the way, it's not going to get talked about today, but this is our record high for deaths right. uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not getting better. 
and we're, you know, people are losing loved ones. This is a real thing that's happening. Um, and if you don't, if you don't, you know, know someone who's died of COVID, you're extremely lucky and you at least know someone who knows someone. Um, right. I'm really lucky to be in the camp. I don't actually know anyone personally, but I, you know, I know plenty of people who know people yeah. and there's no reason to think that the, the league is above this and you know hospitals are filling up that's they've been filling up there's really there's really nothing to make me optimistic that this is going to end well we saw you know in florida i was it was his name keontae johnson i think was oh, his yeah name? i think so yeah. yeah he collapsed on the court and i guess you know it's <laughs> impossible to really maybe it is possible but they haven't you know directly tie something to COVID. It's, you know, it's kind of like climate change, right? Like, you know, air quality is worse. We know more people die because of that, but you can't say that's why this exact person died. Right. But we do know that COVID causes heart complications. He had COVID, he had heart complications. And so even if you can't draw a definitive line, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to risk anything like that to, to these players. And I don't, you know, I'm sure it's easy for people to say, you know, like, oh, they're making all this money, they should play. But I, there's you can't you can't you know put a price on on you know being able to live through this virus and it, it yeah. seems really irresponsible i think that the risk that they accepted when they opted into the season or decided to play the season was that covid exists and that they're going to have to deal with positive cases out there like i don't think else. right exactly just like anybody that works at giant or works at any place else that has to make money and has to go into work i understand that and we shouldn't it's not like we should just strip these guys of their opportunity to make their own living because, you know, they're basketball players. But I don't think that the risk they accepted was that even in the face of a positive test, you and must continue to work. League. Right. You must continue to work. Like there needs to be when a guy has COVID, they shut that team down and then they just pause and we figure out where it started, how they got it, and who actually has it, which you need. Right. We need three to... or four nights off for the whole right. league for one figure positive it out. test on any team. So it's really hard. I, I, I do understand, like, you know, that these guys did accept risk, but I just think that the league is sort of skir like shirking the blame here and, and making a half measure that is pretty dangerous. And, you know, Joel has talked a lot about, you know, taking COVID seriously since uh, his girlfriend was pregnant and, um, he, Ramona Shelbourne reported that he isolated himself from his family and of course didn't want to be around his baby. It's all, you know, people have lots of people in their lives that is not just them and it's hard to know where the degrees of separation end. All right. Anyway, then the Sixers played that game. Uh, the, the active players for the Sixers was Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe, friend of the podcast, Dakota Mathias, uh, Danny Green, and Dwight Howard. And then off the bench, they had Tony Bradley and they had uh, Paul Reed. Else? Come on. Paul Reed. I'm sorry. Um, B-ball Paul. B-ball Paul. My this guy. Game, offended Emily. I'm so That's sorry. That's guy. This game, My if guy. you can forget about the surrounding circumstances, this game is really fun to watch. Like if, if you were able to separate yourself from, from the moment and welcome to the moment, Sixers, um, <laughs> it was pretty great to watch just like – they had no chance of winning this game against a fully healthy Denver team. Um, but Tyrese was incredible. He had 39. Paul Reed, I just love him. He looks like he's not sure how to play basketball, but he's an insane athlete, and he gets a ton of offensive rebounds. I loved him. Isaiah Joe hit three threes in the first half. Um, 
it was great to uh, to see them running around and having fun and sort of gassing each other up. I, I, I enjoyed the game as like a, as a piece of process lore. Um, Emily, what did you think? Were you able to watch the game? So I wasn't able to watch. I was in New Jersey for our friend's birthday, but I listened to part of it on the radio when I was in the car and I've been like reading a bunch of stuff and it just, I'm really bummed that I like didn't get to watch it on TV. Like I saw somewhere that like Isaiah Joe uh, Paul Reed and Dakota Mathias, like before this game, they had a combined 58 minutes in their NBA career. And then they're just like, two of you are starting. <laughs> like if we had taken a bet at the beginning of the season, does Dakota <laughs> Mathias start a game this year? We would have all bet no. We would have right. bet Unless no. you've properly factored in COVID. That's Which true. I probably wouldn't have. But, <laughs> um, and I know that Doc said like about the whole situation that like it does it obviously sucks, but he was saying that like these young guys were like fired up. Like they were very excited to like get their opportunity, get these minutes, like get this run. And I'm happy for them. You know, I, a lot of them where they were able to show like some things that they can do, which they only ever would get in garbage time any in a normal game. So it, it seems like it would, would have been fun to play as one of those guys, but also I would have liked to watch it and see them and the joy on my guy Paul Reed's face. Yeah, um, Maxi looks amazing. He was so good and he just seems like legit, legit, like the real deal. And I think the Sixers are very lucky to have him. I wanted to just quickly, before Dan read you a quote, uh, Tom West of Liberty Ballers. Uh, Love quote. Tom West. Love Tom West, great accent. Uh, Isaiah <laughs> Joe on Tyrese Maxi's success uh, in that game. He said, just to see anybody succeed at what they love, like, this is the game we love. To see him succeed, you know he's going to go real far. He's definitely a ball player. He has a knack for the game, and he's a great person outside of the court. Love it, Isaiah. Dan, what's your reaction? roommates. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, first thing, this is, like, not my biggest takeaway, but I thought it was hilarious. Paul Reed had one defensive rebound and six offensive rebounds. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know if that's ever happened. <laughs> it seems impossible because offensive rebounds are so much harder to come by. Yeah. Paul Reed had one defensive rebound, six offensive rebounds. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey smiled the whole game, just like he always does. And I he's, love him for he's it. He's so good looking. I feel like we might've underrated him. Well, on our he's list. adorable. Yeah. All he does yeah. is smile, except yeah. for when the Sixers drafts him and he cried, which was also adorable. Mm-hmm. I just, I love him. Tyrese Maxey, gotta love him. Um, he he looks very good. The only thing with him that everyone says is, you know, he's not getting the foul line, which I really don't care about at this point. You know, he's he'll learn to draw contact. He's yeah. That was his that was his tenth game. I think you know focusing on that would be kind of just ridiculous. And yeah. And he's he's clearly you know he has a lot of what you'd be looking for in a rookie. Um, it's unbelievable we got him at twenty one. I'm I'm so happy to have him on the team. I would you know, not to get sidetracked into a Harden thing, but he I, he'd be a guy I really wouldn't want to give up. Um, right. You know, I, I really, you know, enjoy watching him. I enjoy having him on the team and he's a good young piece going forward. He um, scored more in the first half than Ben Simmons has in a game all season. Scored more in the game than Ben Simmons has in his career by five points. I'm kidding. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be Ben hater. I'm kidding. But it, but it was kind of funny to see. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I wish Ben scored more. doesn't matter. Uh-huh. He's very crafty. This Tyrese Maxey. He's very crafty. And he loves the, the floaters. floaters. It's great. He scores from all three levels. I know he didn't look good shooting three early on, but he made a few uh, in that game. And he, you know, he scores mm-hmm. in the rim. He scores in the mid range. It's kind of refreshing 
like him and Milton, I feel like, you know, they, they're maybe, you know, not even as good as we think they are. Like, I think they're still definitely very, like, both, like, real solid players. Like, we haven't seen a player who has, like, that very normal NBA skill set in forever. Like, you know, right. ball handler who can, like, is, like, at least passable and scoring from all three levels. Yeah. We just haven't had it. And it's like, you watch it, and it's like, wow, this guy's, like, incredible, like, you know, future star. And it's like, maybe, you know, maybe the, I think they'll have really good careers. Like, I like him a lot, but I, I mostly watch the Sixers. I don't watch, you know. I don't watch a ton. I watch other basketball games that I like basketball, but I don't, you know, I'm not like some of the other people who like need to see every game because, you know, this is like, you know, like going to be a full-time job or is a full-time job for them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for the most part, when I see anyone doing that, it's against us. And it's like a player who everyone, you know, tells me is average and look amazing against the Sixers. Um, it turns out, you know, we can get those players too. It's really nice. Um, Max has scored a lot of points, which was fun. We haven't had a guard score a lot of points I don't think we've had a guard score that many points that I can remember. I mean, Isaiah Cannon had some big nights, but he never had a night with scoring that many points. Right. I can't, I can't tell you the last time, even when Simmons was playing guard, like he, that was past Simmons career high. Like I can't think of the last time we had a guard yeah. score all those points. Um, nice. Yeah. I, I love Tyrese and uh, shake off the bench. I know. I think a lot of people are ready to like, put one of them in the starting lineup in favor of Danny green or whatever. I'm not in a rush for that. Like I, I feel like they're great in their roles and I don't need to agree. Uh, of course, who knows who's playing games for the Sixers anyway, anymore, um, which sort of brings us up to this week. Uh, we're going to punt, I guess, NBA catchphrase to next week as we've, as we've uh, already, we're coming close to an hour here. Um, but the Sixers have a lot of games this week. They have five games uh, in seven days. Um, they start, uh, they go at Atlanta, and then in a back-to-back, they play Miami at home, uh, and then they have Miami at home again, and then a road back-to-back at Memphis and at Oklahoma City. We don't know who is playing for the Sixers. Uh, Ben Simmons did not travel to Atlanta and is going to miss Monday's game uh, due to treatment on his knee. Do you guys think this is the Sixers covering their ass in terms of, like, we made up this fake injury because Joel, while they made up his two, he was at least scratched earlier in the year with back tightness. So yeah. they use the same thing with him. What do you think, Emily, as a doctor? Do you think that uh, this is legit? Um, no, I think that I, I mean, part of me thinks that Ben was like, I'm not getting on this plane. I'll see you when you come back here and we'll discuss. Right. Um, I did. I saw, um, friend of the podcast podcast Keith Pompey tweeted that uh Joe and Mike Scott are probable for the game versus Atlanta so it's Joe traveled with them I mean he's probably quarantined from his family so he's like I might as well go on the plane I'm not staying as my family um so it sounds like they'll be available but yeah I wouldn't I would think Ben plays against Miami because I think the knee thing is fake. I think he just didn't want to travel. And it like kind of covers the Sixers' ass, like you said, to be like, it's yeah. a real injury. He's missing a game. Exactly. Dan, do you concur or do you think it's a legit injury? I have no idea. I like I, I, I tend to think that it's probably – they just didn't want to play and maybe he does have knee soreness, but he probably could have played. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I mean, why else would we have not heard about it until like a couple hours? His knee probably always is sore. Like, I bet you their bodies always hurt. Oh, how do they not? Of you course. know, so it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate, I hate to like, you know, 
make guesses about, you know, whether a guy's faking it or not. But I do think this is like a slightly different situation. Like, it's not like we're saying like, oh, he's not tough enough. Oh, he's milking it. Like, we're explicitly saying like, he didn't want to play in the game because the league sucks. That was a pretty cool move by him. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of with it. I, I don't. Yeah, think no, I this think is not. A, this is not us being like Ben Soft and no. rub, some, rub some dirt on. Oh no, no that's super. Cool. Get your vacation days, buddy. You know, like go ahead and take a load off. Ben's um, a cool guy. You know, uh, not surprised. Ben and Beat are cool. I'm not surprised they made the cool move there. They did make the cool move there. Um, all right, so Emily, do you have a uh, tabulation on how we've done in terms of predicting games so far? I do. So Dan Dan went four and zero this week. Oh my God, he did. Yeah, so That's he's right. only gotten two games wrong so far. Shit. Um, I went three and one. I thought we would beat Brooklyn. Um, and Steve, you went one and three. That's not great on you. <laughs> God. So what are our our lifetime totals here? Um, lifetime totals. Let's see. What there have been ten games. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, seven and three. Seven and, three. Seven and three. Yeah. Seven and three. Yeah. Okay. So Dan is eight and two. I'm seven and three. And Steve, you're five and five. Great. I will edit that <laughs> part out. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's do some impossible to predict this week at all because we don't know. If, first of all, if these games will be played or which Sixers will play in them. Uh, and with that, I give you the floor, Emily. They play at Atlanta. They play Miami on a back-to-back, then Miami again, at Memphis, at OKC on a, on a back-to-back. What do you say? All right, I'm going to go – I'm going to be, like, oddly optimistic. I'm going to say the only game that they lose – this. I'm going to be so wrong. I'm going to go, like, 0-5 <laughs> this week. I'm going to say the only game that they lose is the first Miami game. I think they win the second one, lose the first one. Love it. Dan? Yeah, so it's like another reason it's hard to predict is not just because we don't know which Sixers are playing, but also like the league is in like pretty much an outbreak at this point, and we don't know <laughs> which other players are missing. I mean, the Heat have a bunch of players missing too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say we lose to Atlanta, we lose to Miami, and then we lose to Miami again. Whoa! <laughs> lose to Memphis. Wow. <laughs> we don't have players. We don't have players. Wow. Listen, I, I would I would take those are this is this is a tough stretch of the schedule anyway. We don't have players. We're not going to keep up the shooting we've been doing. If who knows what's happening with Embiid and Simmons about these injuries. Um, if if Embiid is not playing and Simmons is, I don't really have much confidence. Um, I even even if Simmons is out but Embiid is playing, I you know I prefer that in terms of picking the Sixers to win but I still think it's going to be a, like a tough win without without Simmons at any point because he's like he's clearly important to the team and I'm just like I'm like kind of just thinking out loud here but I, I don't see I know Miami has a lot of guys out but I like the Sixers are at, I mean against Denver they played all rookies I don't know who's going to be back and they're a tough matchup anyway Miami's going to have guys back you know, they're mostly out for contact tracing as well. So, I so mean, do you have 0 and 5 or do they beat uh, OKC? No, I'm going to say they beat OKC because I can't handle them losing to Horford. Okay. Let me tell you right now, they're, they're losing to OKC. <laughs> Horford is playing the Sixers and that's on a Sunday. So, we're going to have to record a podcast afterwards. 
there's no way they're going to win that game. They're going to send us right into it. Is that a night game? Yep. In Oklahoma City, so it's going to start at like eight? No, I don't think. I think it's like six or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's like six. I'm just thinking Um, about my bedtime. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm going through the same problem here. Um, They're definitely losing to Oklahoma City. They will – I'm going in reverse order. They will beat Memphis – they're going to lose once to Miami. They're going to beat Atlanta. All right. So I have which one are they going to lose? You have to pick. Which Miami game are they going to lose? Oh, they're going to lose the Miami back to back. So the oh, first they're losing Miami both game. of them. Yes, they're they're losing the Miami back to back and the OKC back to back, and then they're winning the second Miami, Atlanta, and Memphis. So okay. Three and two, four and one, one and four. Yes. This feels a little silly. We were just talking about COVID spreading throughout the league, and now we're like, let's pick the games. It's like, are we, are we the people playing violin on the Titanic? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and now let's is... talk about The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Quickly, if you guys have anything on The Bachelor, uh, the first episode we just watched, and I think the next one is going to be tomorrow. Any quick takeaways uh, from The Bachelor? Uh, should be a weird one. Though there's that um there I, I don't remember her name but she got too drunk and she kept pulling him aside and she Victoria was, Queen Victoria yeah she I felt really bad for her because it's like we've all had those nights but many of <laughs> most of them are not on television and it's just like oh no this is a shame but she got a rose at the end of the night so who knows yeah she's they probably not made him very long no they I just make I feel like he gets like. 12 roses that are up to his heart and he's like Benny Pie is like indifferent to the rest of them and the producers are like let us pick the crazies for you like we'll give you her and her and her yeah I I agree I think I think they they, at the end of the day they do have to make a compelling tv show so I do have to say though the place that they are is really pretty but it's so much nicer than where they were yeah they're in Pennsylvania where is this town in Pennsylvania it's near Pittsburgh it's like there's a it's a I'm gonna city be in Pennsylvania that I've never. Are you on the Bachelor? I'm not on the Bachelor, but I might have to show next time we record. I'll be very nearby. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, Farmington, PA. Never heard of it. That sounds made up. But it's um, like a yeah. farming. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of. I did a lot of research on this place because I was like, oh, maybe I'll go there. <laughs> very expensive. Like, oh really? Six hundred dollars a night. Expensive. Wow. Um, but there's like a zoo, there's like a wildlife thing. You can like do all kinds of activity there. Um, there's like different hotels and estates. There's golf and a spa. It's a lot. It's beautiful. I'm Great. sure that the people, the people on the show probably weren't allowed to do any of this because they have to keep them very high strung to make for good television. That's true. Probably. And you know, if Nemecolin wants to like, wants us to come to their uh, resort and review it honestly about our love for the bachelor and we'll really give them the full full we're open to it putting it out there yeah we'll do our our own three-person bubble there yeah it'll be great Uh, we will i think i can just say this now we'll do anything you let us do for free and we'll talk about it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) literally anything all right great episode another perfect episode in the can uh, good to see you both. Visit Farmington, PA. Uh, Dan, happy birthday to your dad. Enjoy dinner. Um, good to see you guys. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.